Baby, this is it. It's official. We were supposed to have a couple of warm-up episodes, but like everything else, time caught up with me because, again, I may call myself the host with the most time on his hands, but it turns out I ain't got time for shit. But here we are. We're at it. Look, things look a little different. There's a reason for that. The Full Tilt Dynasty podcast has now teamed up with True North Fantasy Football uh, and we couldn't be happier to have the connection. Look, I want to kick off the show with that saying, I want to shout out Matt Donnelly and the Dynasty Vipers. Of course, we are no longer streaming over there with the Dynasty Vipers, but you should still be going and subscribing. They're a great group with great content. Uh, it was just time for a change for us. Of course, we have Toronto Dave. Let's fucking go full tilt times. True North fantasy football is a match made in heaven. We agree, which is why he pulled the trigger. Look, I, of course, as I mentioned, am your host with semi the most time on his hands, uh, Thomas Simple FF. And as we're recording right now, the Toronto Maple Leafs are trying to win a NHL playoff series for the first time since 2004. Uh, I was a freshman in high school at that point in time. Uh different periods for me but <laughs> since then I, my, my red wings have won a stanley cup since then so um i don't know the drought as bad as you do but uh they're certainly on downtimes as well yeah <laughs> but, uh anyone that may not recognize the man with me tonight this is of course the host the co-host of the full tilt devi podcast uh moving forward this is andy star at star ff and i gotta i gotta mention him now doubting uh bringing you on after that and rubbing that in so thanks for that i hope you stay in last hey man we're not we haven't been in the playoffs for five years so yeah we've got our own issues stay out of there for as long as i've suffered brutal for some reason today since hockey's on the brain i decided i was going to torture myself and look up old maple leaf rosters today and let me tell you names like bates pataglia and oh my god i can't even to think of them all awful terrible made me sick and uh leaves are down 2-1 so we might by the end of this podcast see me flip out leave frame and uh never be seen again we'll find out i don't know but look the full tilt Devi podcast well what is the full tilt Devi podcast well this podcast is here to alex alex mcgillney he was one of them nick antropov that was another one there's a name for you um yeah yeah Rough, rough on these streets. Uh, look, Devi, develop, Developmental Dynasty League uh, draft pros- where you draft prospects in college. As we were just saying, um, oh, 3-2 Leafs now? Get out of here. You're lying to me. We're going to get through this podcast, I swear to God. 3-2 Leafs. That's what I'm fucking talking about. Buds all day. Um, shout out to Barry, who's definitely already turned to this podcast off. Um, because he has to hear me uh, talk about the Leafs at work all day, but I don't care. That's what you get on the podcast, too. Look, we were talking about it. Devi is basically a dynasty league where you're drafting your rookie drafts one to two years in advance. Like, that's really that's really what we're talking about here, right? So it's, Yeah, so I would say everything's basically this. So, it's yeah, it's basically the same as your standard dynasty league. You know, your scorings can be manipulated to how you like it, whether it's t- tight end premium best ball lines or uh, setting lineups or whatever. Uh, you still have your rookie drafts before each season. The only real difference is you have these Debbie drafts before each season where you select college players into essentially what amounts to a taxi squad. They're not scoring points for you. You're just holding these players rather than draft picks uh, on your roster and when they do inevitably get drafted or signed to an NFL team, they then move to your uh, NFL dynasty roster. Um, now, yeah. obviously, this can, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's it's one of those things we're kind of just you know churning it out constantly, and it I feel like it allows you to get emotionally attached to players, and then you know for sure, and uh, yeah watch them break your heart, <laughs> you know, like a parent whose kid disappoints them at some point uh, when they hit the NFL and they don't get the DC that we want looking at you 20, uh, 2022 quarterback draft class. Um, but that's a whole nother, that's a conference. We're going to, so next week we have Alfred coming back 
uh, Mr. Fernandez of C2C.com fame to, to talk about the volatility of quarterbacks. So shout out to Alfred. That's going to be next week. Uh, but look, let's. I, I want to talk one fundamental thing about Debbie today. Uh, for sure. Before we get into players and ranks and ADPs and all the other fun shtick, uh, the difference between deep versus shallow Devi leagues, how does that affect the values of the NFL rookie and future Devi picks? Yeah, so for sure. By the way, like you said, take lock is real in, in Devi leagues. Like I remember oh, my first wow. Devi draft, I, I drafted Chuba Hubbard and Justin Ross in the first round, and that obviously went poorly. But <laughs> yes, so obviously, I would say your standard Debbie league is probably has four rounds in the Debbie draft, um, and that would that's what I would consider maybe like a shallow or Debbie league. In this instance, you know, if, let's see, using this year for example, let's say I would say about half of the first and second round picks in your traditional dynasty rookie drafts. We're already on a Debbie roster. Guys like Brees Hall, Traylon Burks, Drake London, uh, Garrett Wilson, Alave, Wandale, uh, uh, in some, in, especially in like, you know, Debbie leagues that were in their third or fourth year. I think Wandale and Jahan Dotson were probably, you know, taken in some of those leagues. Um, but that still leaves guys like Sky Moore, Christian Watson, Kenny Pickett, who sort of came on for the first time last year. All those guys aren't going to be drafted as Debbie picks. So they're still going to be in your NFL rookie draft. But obviously, you know, like I said, anywhere from half to like 75% of those guys are going to be gone. So your NFL rookie picks are definitely not as valuable as they would be in your dynasty drafts. Well, and that's why it's in. So one of the points that we have here for today is how can Debbie help you as a dynasty player? And I think that that's important to note that, just because you've got your dynasty or your, your Debbie picks locked onto your roster, it does not guarantee to translate into NFL rookie success. So you get a couple of scragglers that drop into the NFL draft and really surprise. So it's also important to note who those players are. Like you kind of got to need to touch base with all of it in a way. And that can be a little bit overwhelming uh, for me, it obviously it creates focus on players that maybe I wouldn't normally be either watching or be as invested in. I think the vast majority of dynasty players, we kind of wait until like halfway, maybe uh, maybe halfway through the college football season, maybe in a bowl season, before we really start paying attention. And then we sit there and we go, okay. Who did what? Oh, okay. What was the competition? And then there's the even more relaxed, like game loggers. And then there's the, the mock draft, the slaves to the mock draft, right? Uh, uh, the mock draft season and all that stuff. But if you're a slick and educated Devi player or C2C player, you already have that on lockdown. You already have your, I guess, quote unquote priors. You have your data and you're kind of prepared a little bit more than your league. So I think, that in this, which mind you, first year playing Devi and and C two C here is this guy right here. I took the leap, took the leap into uh, into this space. So Andy, in the league that we actually joined this year, I fully expect if you ever lose to me, like if there's ever a year where I finish higher than you, I want Please. you. To, I am going to just live off that. I don't have to win the league. I don't have to beat you in a week to week matchup. If I finish higher than you, you need to be concerned for the levels of taunting and trash talkery that are going to go down because you have years of experience. But how has Devi helped you be a better dynasty player? And I'll even ask this. How has it hurt you as well when it comes to being a better or worse dynasty player? Yeah, Um I'm glad you mentioned campus to Canton C2C leagues too, um, because you mentioned shallow and, Dev and deep Debbie leagues. Well, campus to Canton is like the deepest of Debbie leagues. So that's like, you got 45 man college rosters who are actually like scoring points for you uh, in a college fantasy league. And then obviously those players have moved to your uh, NFL roster after they become drafted or signed. Um, <laughs> it's insane. But... <laughs> it's, it's certifiably insane. 
Yeah, I mean, it's good to know that term, though, because we will be probably mentioning C2C valuation when we're talking about some of these players on this podcast. So, um, but yeah, I mean, there's always guys that pop, you know, like uh, Joe Burrow was a good one, you know, he wasn't really thought of as an NFL prospect prior to his uh, his senior year at LSU there. And um, especially if you're playing C2C, you're seeing these guys and, you know, you're uh, okay, the, he's got uh, NFL potential maybe you you know that after two or three weeks maybe you know that after his first week um and you can you know make those adjustments first before anybody in your league uh you know is really onto a guy like that but then you know you mentioned how does it hurt um i think this year is a good example of how it hurts uh for example um i was in a in a debbie league where i'm clearly rebuilding and i started trading for guys like sam howell who us in the Debbie community up until about maybe five months ago, maybe four months ago thought, all right, he's a lock to be a first round pick, maybe even a top 10 pick. And obviously that wasn't what happened. No. Um, <laughs> so, so you, you know, you broke so many hearts. Right. You, oh my you God. do your best to project these guys and, you know, look at their stats and see how they've done. And, you know, a guy like Sam Howell, who's been doing it since he's a freshman in college, you think, okay, well, this is a no brainer, but then, you know, NFL scouts come along and say, you guys are wrong. You guys are just a bunch of keyboard spreadsheet warriors who don't know what you're doing. Um, And it's a, it's a bit of a reality check, you know, it works out sometimes and other times it doesn't. I think that, it, I like that we mentioned it off the hop because I think I'm gonna probably hammer this one home the most. Is take lock, man. I think the worst part from so far, even what I've gathered, is that the Devi community does have possibly the worst take lock, especially when you come to a guy like let's say David Bell. Let's use Toronto Dave's guy, David Bell, who has been in conversation for the wide receiver one for 2022 for years, it seems like. And then he comes in and he gets some decent DC, but that's pretty much just yeah. doused, right? But people still can't let that go because they've just been watching for so long. So I think I'm taking a mental note for myself. This is what this really is. What I'm doing is prying Andy uh, for information so I can beat him in the league, but I'm also forcing him to talk about it in pod form. So he can't escape me. It's all about the gamesmanship and that's what we're doing. But, uh, what's going to be important for me is, is to definitely separate myself from take lock. I know I've gotten take lock before just in dynasty, say like Sam Darnold or, um, who else? Oh, there was a time where Rieger was my like guy. And then I finally had to let go. Um, I think it can exist in in the negative, but for the positive, you're right. You have to be in tune with even the players that aren't in your Debbie rosters because you have to be ready to take them before some of the other guys do in your dynasty leagues for sure. For sure. Look, we're off to a running start. Uh, we're about 15 ish minutes in. I think that's a good enough time as any to take a quick second to give you a break. We got our clips from our last show of the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast. I'm going to play that. And when we come back, uh, we're going to get into the next bit of fun, which is talking our draft strategies for as the aforementioned, I guess we can call it League of Record uh, for the Devi League, but for uh, for Andy and I, it's, it's been a great time. I've changed my approach completely um, when it comes to the vet draft, or the, I, I can't say vet drafting, but NFL dra- NFL side of this. And I have a strategy for the Devi side. Uh, and I'm no chicken. I think, I think I'm going to mop the floor with Andy here, uh, given how he drafted the NFL side. So we're going to talk about that when we come back. All right, sit tight. Stop fucking taking him at 106. Stop it. You're ruining this for me. Don't turn me against my favorite player. Stop it. Because a strong 107. I have him ranked at 201 in my rookie rankings. And that's me being all about it because 201 seems just fine for me. I am willing to say that 110, 110 is like a reasonable, thoughtful place that if you really want a running back and you really think he's going to do it and you don't believe in like a Dotson or Christian Watson, sure, James Cook's a fine, fine player and a good offense. Awesome. Stop it at 106. 
That's one of those things. That's a great example of take lock. Not on my end. I think I was very reasonable there when expressing everybody overdoing the freaking ADP for James Cook. But people who loved James Cook at Georgia see him get decent draft capital on that offense, and all of a sudden we're seeing James Cook go 105, 104 yeah. in rookie draft. That Georgia running back, and then you know uh, he ends up in a great landing spot. Uh, I'm drafting Singletary late in drafts. I'm drafting Singletary late in drafts on purpose because I, I just I got to play against myself. He's like now. one of those guys that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and Singletary is one of those guys that just seems like he's never he's never going to go away. Like everyone thought Zach Moss two years ago, and even up to last year, like oh, it's going to be Zach Moss, but Singletary just sticks around and he's always getting those carries. So well, yeah, because well, Zach Moss sucks. So I think the important thing to note there is that Zach Moss was and yes. always was awful, and shame on Buffalo for, for trying sure. to do same thing. Like Zach Moss is the fetch of the running back room in Buffalo. That's what he is. He he's fetch. Okay, and like Mean Girls, it's never going to happen. Um, and now they've made sure of that by drafting James Cook, trying to sign J.D. McKissick, um, the plotter that never was, if you would. All right, let's talk startup draft, Andy. Oh, I want this one. I'm ready for this one. Startup draft for our first ever, my first ever, I can't say we because you have a very clear unfair advantage over me here, but Going into this, you have the Devi 111, the 202, the 311, and the 402. So this is considered a shorter bent or shorter depth Devi league with the four rounds, as you mentioned. For me, I have the Devi 107, which I think is a weird turn of events given uh, I don't know shit about Devi. So I, I feel like I have like a leg up. Uh, with this 107 pick, but I'm pr- I'm probably lying to myself. You're smirking at me, so I'm I'm guessing I'm lying to myself here. I have the 206, the 307, and the 46 on the Devi side. I want to just note we'll be referencing Campus to Canton's Devi ADP frequently, not just throughout this segment, but throughout the entirety of this program, because the, like there is no better place for this information. Can- uh, Campus to Canton is an unbelievable website. And the more I dive into it, the better of player. Yeah, that's a free plug, by the way, just so everyone knows. Free plug. Uh, so, so let's talk about it. What was your strategy walking into this, uh, walking into this draft? Um, so typically with Devi, since there is so much volatility, not necessarily with the, Q, uh, with the wide receivers and running backs, but I'm usually just drafting for value especially at the 111 like I'm just, I, if somebody's fallen from the top you know six or eight prospects up there I'm just gonna scoop them up um but if you look at the adp like there's definitely a teardrop after the QBs go in the first nine picks you know you've got your Bryce young who's gonna go early CJ Stroud those guys are both probably top five picks Caleb yeah. Williams is right up there too um and then Quinn Ewers if he if he drops into the later part of the uh, first round uh, is probably the end of that. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put them all in the same tier, but those are all definitely like after that, you know, it's a lot of projection into uh, the QB position. So, you know, at one eleven, if, if, if Quinn Ewers is there, that's somebody that I would consider. Um, but if he's not, then I'm looking to get uh, maybe one of the freshman running backs uh, right. or you want to grab a freshman like you're looking at yeah, what, I mean, like a nicholas singleton penn state right so if if a guy like nick singleton it, it pops off this year he's gonna shoot up to like the 101 102s of your debbie and c2c rankings and you know you'll never get him for cheaper than what he is right now obviously that's a risk maybe he gets injured maybe he doesn't do what you think he might do but this is a guy who you know has the build and the uh, ability to be a great college running back at a, a program that's used to putting running backs in the NFL. You go Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders. So it's a, it, it's a, it's got a good pedigree NFL. there. <laughs> Mid. So, Hey, they're there. And that's all you, at, at the end of the day, that's what you care about with Debbie is like, can they get draft capital and keep their value? So you can, you know, if you don't like them, you can trade them. Um, but are they going to retain their value once they get onto your NFL roster? And that's what you really want to try and do. 
Right. Um, it, it's approaching a little differently. So that's where I find it interesting when you look at the ADP, at, like the average draft position of the C2C players in this. You see some 23C, some 24, but you don't see a 2025 uh, uh, eligibility pop up until you get Nick Singleton. So I find it interesting that you're saying late in the first round, you might want to draft one of these freshmen, but the ADP kind of suggests going the other way. For me, when I looked at this, I looked at where I was drafting in the NFL portion of this, and I knew. So I've, if you weren't following along when I was able to post on Twitter about this draft, I did it for a couple of days. Uh, I went five straight wide receivers. Now, my, I guess not what I'm known for. One of the things I do the most it is I punt the quarterback position. Now, I'm fully aware that this is going to snake bite me, and that I will continue to have to like bandaid over a lot of my quarterback problems, but it may be pretty clear. Uh, I plan on drafting a quarterback at one seven uh, in this Devi. And I plan to draft one specific quarterback at one seven. So hopefully not everyone in the league is listening to this, but uh, I don't see a way I let the mullet get past me. Like um, I love big Q. Right, I love Big Q. Now, seeing where he's going at his ADP, it would be, I guess, kind of a reach, but not really. So I am assuming that Beyond is he's gone. Bryce Young gone. Henderson gone. Gibbs gone. Uh, Njigba gone. Um, Stroud gone. Like these guys are gone. I don't want. I would take Quinn over Caleb Williams. I would actually take Quinn over CJ Stroud. I don't think Stroud is as good as we're being led to believe. And for people wondering why I think that is quite clearly Ohio state has this thing with producing college quarterbacks that may not be NFL quarterbacks. I am lower than consensus on Justin Fields. I was at draft time and I'm low now. So I would rather take Quinn over what I've seen from Stroud personally you can at me if you want to but at one seven if I'm taking a quarterback I'm definitely taking him over the receivers now I have one question for you specifically Jordan Addison if I'm not mistaken he's transferred yes um it sounds now like he's going to Texas which kind of puts a wrench in what I was going to talk about later today which we would get to but Initially, it was thought that there was a big uh, NIL deal for him at USC, but apparently Texas has got some money coming in too. So it seems like it might be Texas now, but nothing's been finalized. Okay, he's definitely somebody that you can target. Now, the best part about this is it really feels like that the second-round picks in the Debbie draft are really where you're going to make your money. So much like the second-round picks in rookie drafts, in my opinion, your second-round rookie picks – in a regular standard dynasty draft is kind of where you make your hay. If you hit on one of the running backs, if you hit on one of the receivers, Tom Lee and I in the fantasy walkabout, I guess now the triple play fantasy walkabout, uh, we talked about the hit rates of second round picks and every single one of those players that hit put you over the top somewhere at some point when they hit. I feel like Devi can do that as well because you do see a lot of running backs. You do see some receivers. I love Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, going at 18. Because I would love to somehow be able to jump ahead of everybody <laughs> in this Debbie draft and be, and be able to grab him for sure. I love it. Maybe he's not you know that good, but I I love him as a player. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, before we move on, let's see. I want I definitely want to get into when you're drafting. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry, everybody. I can't read. So when you're going higher risk than reward when drafting Debbie QBs, let's talk about this. What are you exactly looking for when you're looking at high risk to maybe a little bit of like, where is the safety? Like you said, you said, Howell, we've got Rattler who was supposed to be a top tier prospect. We've seen how Rattler has turned out. So anyone that drafted Rattler early is obviously now just praying that he turns it around at this point. And then you end up with guys like Howell. So when it comes to the higher risk to rewards, are you drafting for the 
elite top tier punch or maybe are you how do i put this maybe not tight end you or running back you but maybe those qbus type schools like the uscs um we'll see what happened with lawrence for for clemson but it's not looking good if you look at last year but are, are you looking to play a little bit more safe with that or are you just going for the guys that you think are the just home runs yeah, so last year I got burned on DJ Uyunglele from Clemson. He was a guy who was going top three in Debbie and C2C drafts. And now he's had, you know, one of the most average, below average seasons at, at, in his first full year as a starter. And, you know, he's fallen pretty far down the rankings. Um, he's outside the top 50, maybe even getting into the, you know, falling out of the top 100 range. And you mentioned Rattler as well. He was another guy that was going top three, top four 44. in most drafts. 44 yeah, now he's at 44 right now. So that's that's quite the drop. And even at that price, I'm not I, – I don't think I would buy Rattler right now because, you know, he had to transfer and you're really just betting on him to have a phenomenal season, um, which, you know, he might do, but it's not some – maybe that's yeah, as a fourth-round pick, it's not the worst thing in the world to bet on, but – um, I think there's better value that you can get. Um, QBs definitely seems to be the hardest position to project uh, oh. for, for Debbie. Um, I think, you know, Bryce Young's got some questions marks. He said CJ Stroud. He's definitely got some question marks. Um, I hate to helmet scout and say, oh, Ohio State doesn't uh, put QBs in the NFL. But, I mean, you're right. They haven't been able to do that. And, you know, Fields doesn't necessarily look like he's a sure thing like some people thought he was two years ago um and yeah definitely the wide receivers and the running backs t- tend to be safer they hold their value better uh and they're just easier to project into the nfl i mean yeah you're right and i i say this a lot there's only one person individual uh, ever that can scout quarterbacks and that's god himself because um, he, he's kind of just set the bar and tried to let us figure it all out. And we're all wrong all the time, all the fucking time. No one knows how to scout a quarterback period. Most generational talent in college. Surefire number one pick since he, you know, seems like he took a snap at Clemson. All of a sudden, uh, is, uh, he looked like dog do. He looked like booty cheeks last year. So no one, no one can really scout quarterbacks. Let's, let's be honest. I'll tell you, I am worried about Bryce Young, though, and I think he needs to live in the weight room. I think he needs, I think he needs to uh, pack on some weight because that boy is—he's skinny. Oof. He's—I mean, I wish I had his figure. I'll yeah. be honest, but hey, he—he's uh, a small boy. Look, we're gonna take a quick second. When we come back, obviously from the spring game, uh, there some things have happened. We've had risers, we have fallers. When we come back, we're going to talk those risers and fallers, kind of why they've risen, maybe why they've fallen down, and maybe kind of the best way to ha- navigate those seas prior to your uh, Debbie draft. So sit tight. When we come back, we're going to get into risers and fallers. The last night of the draft, or the, the first night of the draft, but the very last word, we all debated who the 102 was, and I was – you know, a Jacobs cavalcade of drinks down. When I say Kenny Pickett is the 102, Kenny Pickett is not the 102. Kenny Pickett is not the 102. He's not the 102. It's okay. I'm taking it back. No one ever called me on that. But if anyone wants to call me on that, I will gladly take it back and say I was very wrong. That, of course, is Big Billy FF, uh, co-host of the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast, referencing a conversation he had whilst being completely inebriated on the draft show. He lost a bet. Jake got to pick his drinks. It was absolutely fucking phenomenal. Uh, I suggest you make those kind of bets with your friends if you ever do any sort of live stream. Live stream? What the fuck? Live stream. It's worth it. It's a great time. Tons of fun. Okay. Risers and fallers, Andy. This is... uh, obviously this happens all the time. It's kind of like preseason games where you see, I don't know, a justice Hill or Darwin Thompson kind of splash a little bit. And all of a sudden he climbs up everybody's boards. I know he climbed up mine 2019 little 
bastard. Uh, but look, you have you have selected the risers and fallers for this conversation. So let's get into that. Who do you have as a QB yes. riser, and what did they do that really kind of piqued your interest? Uh, I'll start with Anthony Richardson. It's not necessarily what he did. It's more like what the people who are more connected than me are saying, and those people being um, the draft analysts like Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay. Uh, immediately after this draft, Kuyper set the 2023 first round over under QB selected at six and a half, and then McShay put out his mock, I believe, and he had Anthony Richardson going in the first round. And obviously... Yeah. In a, in a fantasy format, we like the quote-unquote Konami code yes. uh, quarterbacks. And Anthony Richardson is that, and in spades, if you want to say, he's, he, he has everything uh, athletically that you want uh, in, a, in a quarterback. Last year, um, he, did, he played sporadically behind Emory Jones, uh, who, who was the starter at Florida, who is now transferred to Arizona State. So... Uh, he is going to be Anthony Richardson will be the unquestioned QB one this year. And he's just an electric player uh, last year against South Florida. Uh, he had just a, one of the craziest stat lines I've ever seen. He, he completed three of three passes for 152 yards and two touchdowns Jeez. and four carries for, for 115 yards and a touchdown. So <laughs> three touchdowns on seven plays. Uh, yeah. Like I said, McShay has him as a top 10 pick. He's ultra efficient. Obviously, the sample size is low. His EPA per play, EPA is a efficiency measure, uh, was 0.42. And really anything above 0.4 seems to translate well to NFL success. Um, so he's a guy that I have my eye on, and he has all those tools that you like to see. Uh, that you know, he's the rushing upside. So he's a guy that could potentially score a lot of points for you. I like that. You also have Cam Ward. Um why Cam Ward? Obviously, his statistics last year were unbelievable. But why is he a riser for you at this point? I think it's just a the nature of groupthink. Almost, uh, he's he's been going up everyone's boards. Uh, you know, three months ago he was you know outside the top 100 ADP, and now he's up near. I think his ADP is 74, and he's a QB 16. Uh, he came from an FCS school incarnate word. Like you said, he put up crazy stats, 4,648 yards, 47 touchdowns, uh, 65% completion percentage. And it, it's kind of reminiscent of Bailey Zappi from a year ago. Um, mm. He went to a smaller school where he just put up crazy numbers. He's on the Patriots now. Um, but Cam Ward is going to the Pac-12. Uh, only four schools in the Pac-12 finished in the top 50 pass defense. Um Granted, that did include the best pass defense in Washington, but that was largely because nobody wanted, nobody had to throw to beat them because they were so bad. So it's kind of like a, you know, a softball schedule for a quarterback. Uh, and he's bringing his his coach from Incarnate Word is going to be the offensive coordinator there. So he's, it's an offense he's going to be familiar with. Um, and you know, it's an off. I think that he's going to put up some good numbers in a Power Five conference, and he has the potential to you know, be a, a day one pick. So he's the 13th ranked quarterback. Uh, that seems like a easy second round pick selection in your, in your Debbie dress for me. Um, he's obviously my type of player, right? I want that type of explosive player, but I think one thing that'll scare people off and which might, which might allow now I may be completely off on this because, um, you know, group think opinion right but i think maybe the malik willis situation with uncertainty at a, at a at a less powerhouse type school cake schedule but uh i think if you're worried about uh cameron ward because of what you saw in willis you're not watching the same player ward in the, his short bit right. of time and i would say go ahead go ahead I, I would just say, you know, this is a guy you could probably even get in the third and fourth round of, of a startup. Um, but yeah, yeah, like what you were saying, it, it's he's going to be facing, you know, power five competition. So it's not necessarily the same as a, 
as a Malik Willis. And Cam Ward uh, is more of a pure passer as well. So if he can, you know, translate that success from FCS into a power five competition, I think, you know, he'll, he's going to get some decent draft capital. And remember, we were not that far removed from Willis being a potential number two pick in the NFL right. draft. So obviously teams covet that speed athletic uh, type profile and, and Cam Ward seems to have that in bunches. So something to look out for. And then last one, uh, Cade Klubnik, I hope I enunciated that correctly. I'm really bad with names, but you also have him a riser. Why do you feel he's a riser? So this, it does have to do kind of with the spring game, more to do with uh, DJ Uyunglele, who I mentioned earlier. Uh, both of them played pretty average meh in the, in the spring game. DJU uh, has dropped some weight, but he still looked pretty rough. He was missing some throws, pretty ugly throws, honestly. Um, Klubnik is a true freshman. He is the number one rated uh, recruit per the 247 composite rankings. Um, and I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that, you know, he pulls a quote unquote Trevor Lawrence and goes in and takes over this starting job, you know, early in the season. And if he, you know, Clemson's got the defense to, to be a, a decent team, the, to compete in the ACC and, you know, he's going to be on a big stage. And if he can perform well, Clemson's definitely got the, uh, the receiver talent to, to make you look good. Um, so it's it's something to keep an eye on. I think he's he's worth the uh, the projection as QB ten right now. I think I believe he's just out just inside the top fifty for ADP. And we all have to remember that uh, Davo Sweeney needs a QB win here. He needs to bounce back post Lawrence because uh, the man the man takes a lot of shit at Clemson for some of the things he says. Right? They don't want to play us and all like, and. Obviously, if, if you're in a college football, you've heard his completely outlandish statements at press press conferences. I feel like his reputation for being like a QB guru is gonna guru is gonna ride on one of these two guys. Like for sure. And if Homie isn't getting the job done, I don't think he'll hesitate to put a true freshman in. I, I don't think he will. So it's important to note if you want to take an early shot, um, what's the what's the earliest you're willing to bet? Um, I would take him in the in the mid third round right now, mid-third. Cade Klubnik. Okay, noted. Not for no particular reason or anything, but that's noted. It's in my notes now. <laughs> uh, look, obviously we want to talk some uh, some fallers uh, because uh, misery loves company. Uh, Drake May, UNC. You have look this name, Jackson Dart, is the most elite made up storybook fantasy book name you can have for a quarterback. This is right up there with Shane Falco. So the fact that he's on your, on your fallers right now and your decliners upsets me personally, but why are they kind of in your doghouse? Why are they on your shit list? Yeah, I'll start with Drake may. And this is a lot based on me just being hurt by Sam Howell. Uh, who came from that that same <laughs> offense there on Phil Longo at UNC. Be they've honest. got, you know, they've they've got an elite wide receiver there in Josh Downs. Drake May can definitely succeed there. He's a, you know, high-end prospect out of high school. He's going into his true sophomore season here. I just want to see him play before I do anything else with him. Uh, he's at QB 13 right now. I want to know that, you know, he can do it before I start making any more. He only had 10 pass attempts last year, so – Still very, very, I guess, I don't want to say raw, but we don't really know exactly what he can do. Um, and ACC has, you know, some decent defenses to, to well, you know, they got Clemson to deal with. So I want to see how he performs before I, you know, move him back up into my top 10, which is where I had him uh, a couple months ago. Yeah, I mean, that makes, well, that makes sense to me. But, uh <laughs> I love that you're outright saying it's because you were hurt by Apple. I love that. You really so just much. cut me to my core. Yeah. I, so I, 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 I don't remember the trade that I, I did to get Sam Howell. I think it was like David Montgomery and 
Kadarius Tony or something oh, no. to get Sam Howell, and that just looks so bad right now. <laughs> I yeah, know. Well, that's, 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 that's part of it. You love these players for a while. That's why we're talking about Okay, Jackson Dart, uh, obviously the badass name, 2024 eligible. Why is he slipping for you at Ole Miss, who just saw their starting quarterback go in the third round uh, to the Carolina Panthers in this year's draft? Yeah, so Dart transfers from USC. Um, he's a guy that a, a lot of, you know, Debbie and Campus to Canton guys have high, as evidenced by his ADP QB six right now. Um, but, and this is another spring game thing. He didn't really look great in the spring game. I think he finished like eleven for thirty in that spring game. And Kiffin even said after that he felt like he was trying to do too much, forcing the ball. And I'm, I'm worried that he doesn't even have that QB one role locked down. Uh, there's another QB on that roster, Luke Altmeyer, who's also contending. He wasn't a bad prospect in his own right. I do think Jackson Dart is better, but, you know, anything can happen in college football. We're not the coaches there. Um, and it's, it's, it is a high-volume passing offense, but outside of Michael Trigg, who's the tight end that came over from USC with him, there's really yeah. not any, like, big-named wide receivers on that roster uh, they do get Zach Evans at running back, who's going to you know make things easier for him on offense. But um, it's just another guy that I think QB six is just a little too rich for me. Well, when you if you go and look at the the ADPs for wide receivers, you're not going to find one there to help him. Like you're not going to find one there anywhere near uh, the top enough to make you think yeah he's got enough help. So I I, I can see that I can see it for sure. He's going to have to be pretty special and kind of do it all on his own. And if he can do that, you're, you're pounding the draft button. If he can't, you're right. Probably better off to stay clear. What do we got left? I think that's it for quick quarterbacks. So we move okay. into running backs here. Now you've talked about your running back riser already a little bit. Let's finish that one off. That's uh Nick Singleton. You did reference in him. Oh my God. I'm going to be able to speak today. Uh, you did reference him earlier, Nicholas Singleton. Why is he a riser if there are any reasons that you haven't already hit? Yeah, I kind of already touched it. Like if you want to get a, ahead of the curve here, if he goes off, he's going to be the 101 or 102 next year. He's going to have the opportunity as a freshman. There's really nobody on the depth chart that's better than him. He's got the requisite NFL size. He's six feet, 210. He can probably pack on you know, another 10, 15 pounds to that frame. And really he's the best uh, freshman running back worth betting on at this point in time. Now, is he a true freshman or is he a redshirt freshman? True freshman. And that's what you love to see. That's, that's what you love to see for sure. Uh, your fallers. We got a couple here. Ooh, baby. Sean Tucker of Syracuse and tank Bisbee. This hurts me because tank is not only one again i'm a sucker for the names it is a badass sports name uh and he's down especially coming from auburn uh which you know they've been down on their luck a little bit but why are you down on tank this is what i need to know um so we did see his backfield dominator fall last season from 54 to 44%. Still pretty good. Still, you know, trending in the right direction, or at least in what you'd want to see for him a running back, especially from a program like Auburn. Um, he did improve his yards per team play and his reception market share. Um, I just think that he needs to, to improve uh, and bounce back a little bit and, you know, be more dominant as a junior. Um Last year, he ceded some touches to Jarquez Hunter, who was a true freshman, only a three-star guy. Uh, they, they felt that Jarquez Hunter was good enough to get 100 touches. You know, Maybe that was a load management or injury-related thing with Tank Bigsby. I don't know. I, I just wanted to see him improve. I still, I still think he's you know on that top 10 RBs right now. Um, but I, you know, he's a guy, especially with all these NIL deals floating around, He's a guy I could see potentially staying for a fourth year, which Ooh. isn't the worst thing in the world. But, you know, when you're playing Debbie, you kind of want to get these guys in as soon as possible if, if you can. And, you know, if he stays for a fourth year, that's another year that you're not getting any production from him. Or a year he could get hurt, 
right? He had 223 carries last year, and that's not too shabby. But, I mean, when it comes to college statistics, you kind of want to see that average go over the five mark. Like, if I think a running back can't hit the five mark in college, I think that that is uh, maybe a little bit of a concern. And I know yards per carry is not a real decent stat to use, Tom, for evaluation. I get it. But in my opinion, I would like to see a college running back be able to make that happen. The elite guys can make that happen. Um, and I think he needs to. One thing with him I like, he did have 21 receptions. So that's something to key on. If that number stays the same or maybe even goes up just that little bit, I think I'm going to be back in, but you kind of have to make that decision now. You don't get any more time to to decide if you're in or not on tank. That makes you really sad. You make great points, though. It makes you really sad. Uh, I don't like that, so stop making sense. Uh, your your other follower right there, Sean Tucker, Syracuse. Why? Uh, well, we'll get into Sean Tucker at the end of the show a little bit more, um, uh, talking about all the things that, you know, have happened in the off season for Syracuse. Um, but right. I'll just say right now that, you know, he's got some added competition in the backfield, uh, new coaching staff. He was absolutely dominant last year. One of the, you know, better running back seasons I've ever seen, um, as far as like backfield dominator and, uh, yards per team play, everything. Um, but it, it just becomes a thing is of, you know, this is a, what have you done for me lately game that we play? And if you're not always improving, you know, your, your value is going to go down, especially in college. So we saw it with Chuba Hubbard, who I mentioned earlier, who I got yep. burned on. Um, so, you know, it's something that, like I said, we're going to talk about it later, but, uh, there's there's some question marks as to whether he can repeat such a really just a unprecedented year. Right. Let's talk about some receivers. Uh, obviously we talked about uh, Addison a little while ago. Uh, why is he a riser and is he still a riser with uh, him heading to Texas or was he more of a riser because he was going to go to Bama? Uh, yeah. Well, that's kind of why he was the right riser for me is because he entered the transfer portal. He was going to go from Pitt to, what I thought was going to be USC uh, play with Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley. Um, So, you know, he's going to, he was going to play with what I thought was going to be, you know, a better quarterback. Um, But it's not, I mean, he still will apparently if he's going to go to Texas, he's going to be playing with um, Quinn Ewers. I don't like that landing spot as much as USC for him because he's going to go into like one of the most crowded receiving rooms that there is right now with uh, uh, Xavier Worthy, Isaiah Nayor, and now Jordan Addison, a few other guys. And obviously Bijan Robinson's got to get, you know, his healthy share of touches. So, um, but yeah, I think just getting to a bigger uh, program with more visibility, you know, it's, it's, it's going to help him. He's a Blitnikoff winner. So I think his, his draft stock is, is safe. Um, he's going to get drafted at least day two for sure. If not day one. So, uh, I think, but I think you know the, it's the transfer is definitely a bump. Yeah, one thousand. You don't want to be you. You don't want to be staying in in pit. I'm sorry, my cat is definitely trying to get on the show today. Um, yeah, obviously the transfer portal is going to be a good thing. You know the guy can play. I think I think you're right. I think USC probably was his best spot, but we'll see what he does over there in Texas with the mullet, the big Q. That'd be so dope. That's great for big Q. Uh, that's that's who that's great for. 1,000%. Now, your faller is someone that, I mean, I don't even know how to feel about this player, period. He's 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 a skinny boy, and that's not my favorite profile to begin with. But that's Mario Williams, right, wide receiver, 5'11", 178 pounds. Yeah, 5'11", honestly. 178. Yikes. Hey, I mean, why, why is the he way the NFL is... The NFL, the way the NFL is trending now, size doesn't really matter for wide receivers. But see, I I don't I mean, agree is... with that. I don't agree with that because the NFL happens in cycles. So right now, the NFL is saying maybe these smaller guys uh, are are good players. They're elite players. Eventually, again, it happens in cycles. Eventually, they're going to go. Nah, these DBs are a little small. Uh, so. Yeah, we're going to draft the big wide receivers because that's the NFL cycles. I don't think it'll be too long until the quote-unquote 
alpha type wide receivers make a comeback. But anyway, that's another topic for another day for this old man yelling on his lawn. Uh, Mario Williams, why is he someone that's falling for you? So, yeah, I, I mean, I wrote the show sheet like eh, three, three. Well, this part I wrote like a week ago. And at that point in time, I thought Addison was headed to USC, which is where Mario <laughs> Williams is at. Um, so right now he's at wide receiver 12. And I think that's probably fine with Addison not going there. Obviously, if Addison does decide to take that USC money, that would knock him down. But if he doesn't, then I'm fine with Mario Williams staying where he's at. Okay, so this was a completely reactionary take for you. That's fine. I mean, we all... Well, honestly, like a week... This is how crazy college football news is. Like a week ago, it was USC has offered him a million dollars. Addison's going there. There's not... It's no question. And then obviously... A million dollars and a house. like Like a mansion, it sounded like. Right. And now Texas comes in and it seems like they've got it now, but it's, yeah, it's, it was reactionary. I will. Oh, there's nothing wrong. (laughs) Little reactionary. We're all reactionary. Sometimes look, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to finish thing off, finish this thing off with a value breakdown. One thing that I think is very important in this, when we come back, we're going to pay some bills and then get into this final little bit here before we take off. I said that there was no chance the NFL believed that a person smaller than me uh, could could succeed and get the draft capital. I said it. Uh, I said that Wario Robinson wasn't going to be a thing. He's not going to get drafted. Not only did he get drafted, but he got drafted by one of the better offensive minds in the sport. Uh, and it's quite clear that they will have a role for them. So I'm I'm eating crow. I'm eating my giant shit sandwich. It is important to keep in mind that you are wrong sometimes. And let me tell you, before Jacob could rub it in my face, I made sure to let him know that I am fully aware that I was wrong about Wandale. So there's that. Look, before we keep going, I just want to remind everybody that Best Ball Mania 3 is active. It is the best place to play fantasy football this summer and that is at underdog their best ball mania three tournament has 10 million dollars in total prize money that's big money and the best part is you just have to draft your fantasy football team that's it there's no waivers no trades no in-season management whatsoever you can just draft it and forget it and that's all you have to do underdog gives you your best chance to score uh, the best chance to score uh, week of the season, week in, week out, and the highest scores at the end of the year wins it all. It's that simple. It's not week-to-week matchups. You just got to score the most points. I think that most fantasy football players imagine that they can get that done. So why wouldn't you do that at underdog, win yourself some real serious coin? The champion of Best Ball Mania last year drafted in June. So there's no time like the presence to join underdog and take your shot at a million-dollar Draft plus underdog is going to double your first deposit up to $100. That's free money. Free money. That's if you sign up and use promo code full tilt. That's four free entries into Best Ball Mania 3. Why wouldn't you do that? So what are you waiting for? Head to underdogfantasy.com or the Apple Store. Sign up for underdog with promo code full tilt. Draft your Best Ball Mania 3 team. You don't got to do just once. Best Ball Mania 3 teams. Get yourself as many entries as you can now for your shot at the big money at Underdog Fantasy. That's promo code full tilt. And Andy, one more thing. Yes. Just so you know, we at Full Tilt have an in. That in is with the best fantasy football championship trophy creators, best fantasy football championship belt and fantasy football championship ring creators there is and that's trophy smack and let me tell you this puppy right here that's right this is the full tilt dynasty podcast custom championship belt we will be giving away but for now it's going to sit here as a reminder to you that if i beat you uh this thing is going to be worn proudly forever on this program right around my neck like a necklace, which also Trophy Smack actually has. You can go to trophysmack.com, order yourself a championship belt, a trophy, a ring. 
Doesn't matter. As long as you have a trophy or a belt in your cart, you can go and you can pick yourself out a championship ring, put that in your cart, right? Use promo code TIPPLE, that's nipple with a T, and get yourself a free championship ring with the purchase of a belt or trophy. That's great value. That's underdog and that's trophy smack. Two things that everyone needs to be going and signing up for and purchasing right now because it helps us out. It helps us out. It helps you out and everyone's happy. And, um, you know, you can do things like mock your co-hosts if you beat them, which you can do with this beautiful championship belt. Uh, Phenomenal. And as a former wrestler, I got to say, this is one thing I wanted to mention about this belt right here. I am a former professional wrestler. I have carried actual professional wrestling championship belts and i gotta say this one this one's pretty legit like it's it's solid it's heavy it's got the weight it's no gimmick the real deal so go and get yourself one right now go now now get out of here all right we got one more segment to go as we carry on our way here you wanted to talk about sean tucker here's your chance sean tucker andy star Give us the value breakdown. Yeah. So Sean Tucker, 5'10", 210-pound running back out of Syracuse. Only a three-star guy, but started as a true freshman and then absolutely exploded last year. Uh, Nearly 1,500 yards, 12 touchdowns, 20 receptions for 255 yards, and two more touchdowns. He had a 93% backfield dominator, which is just absurd, Um, and 2.25 yards per team play. Uh, just a ridiculous season analytically and statistically. Um, and I think that season alone has probably secured at least day three draft capital, early day three, um, provided he can do, you know, something similar Then it's definitely a day two, maybe not, probably not day. He's not going to be a first round pick, but maybe day two draft capital next year. Um, but I do have the, some concerns, like I mentioned, um, and a lot of changes have been happening in that running back room and the coaching staff since last year. Um, they bring in a new offensive coordinator, Robert Ene from Virginia, who in his six seasons at Virginia, where he was offensive coordinator, uh, he only had a running back log 200 carries for two of those seasons. And in his last three seasons there, no running back has surpassed even 500 yards rushing and only one says a running back had over 100 hmm. carries. So he's a guy that likes to use a committee. Um, and last year, you know, if you're looking at the Syracuse depth chart, you know, even if he likes to use a committee, there's not anybody who could form a committee. I don't think – I think there was only one other running back who had 17 carries, and that was that was the most on Syracuse last year. Um, so it's not to say that NA is not going to opt to just use Tucker because he is a special player easily – probably the best player on that offense. Uh, So he's going to get his touches. Uh, I just can't see him getting over 250 like he had last season. Um, Part of the reason they do get a couple guys, one through the transfer portal, that's Juwan Price, who played at New Mexico State last year. Played well in his own right. Uh, He got a 72% backfield dominator and 8% reception market share. Uh, His team, New Mexico State, was very bad but he's got that D1 experience and he can play immediately. Um, and they also bring in true freshman LaQuint Allen, who has been impressing in spring practices. He had a 55-yard touchdown in the spring game, which I will say Tucker didn't play in. Uh, he was a healthy scratch. I think they just didn't want to risk any injuries with him there. But yeah, LaQuint Allen is a Gatorade. You're an elite running back in the spring game. Like, I, I right, just, nobody I does that. that being a thing. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not a note. thing. Stop it. Right. So, yeah, so this freshman, LaQuint Allen, he was Gatorade Player of the Year in his state of New Jersey last year. Uh, he's just another guy in this running back room who's used to handling a, a lot of responsibility, and he can probably get some playing time early. Um, and both him and Juwan Price have had great spring practices. So I think, you know, with this new coaching staff coming in, a couple new bodies, uh, uh, Tucker's not going to be in for the same workload. And it, you know, that should be the case. Nobody should have a 93% backfield dominator. That's, that's crazy. That's, I mean, it's good for him because he Derek played Henry well and did well is. with those touches for sure. But, you know, it's just not sustainable. And I don't think it's good to, you know, you, you know, he's not making, you may, he might have a couple NIL deals right now, but he's not making NFL money. You don't want to be, you know, 
running the tires raw and you know getting hurt before you actually end up in the NFL. So oh yeah, these numbers are definitely they're they're going to go down. Um, so I'm not saying you know go out and sell your Tucker shares because they're going to be worthless in a year. Uh, I just feel like there's a large range of outcomes, uh, especially with you know I mentioned uh, Tank Bigsby. If his numbers go down, NIL deals are floating around, transfer portals wide open. Maybe these guys stay for a fourth year and go to a big program and get a, you know, get a nice payday for their senior year before going to the NFL. Uh, Cause that's certainly an option now. Um, if Something he does have another big season, he's before. that was not exactly. a of these guys before. Yeah. So, yeah, if he, if he doesn't have another big season, he's obviously going to go pro get that day two draft capital and it won't be a problem. But yeah, I mean, if, if he could, you know, Alabama's probably going to lose Jameer Gibbs. Florida doesn't really have a running back. You know, pl- schools like that could could use a a big name running back uh, to come in and you know bring some visibility to them, and also have a a guy that's going to you know not that they need to sell tickets, but you know just bring in a, a, a high profile player who's going to help the team out. Still a business. They still want to sell those tickets. They still want to you right. know make their money. Um, and you're right. I think the NIL deals have completely shifted the landscape of when guys will come out or could shift the landscape for when guys can come out. And it's important to keep track of that. You're absolutely right. I think that's it. I think that's all we wanted to hit. And I got to say, learned a lot from this. I think we're going to continue learning a shit ton as we go through this and watch me, uh, kind of try to figure out how college football works. I think that's my favorite part about this next week as i mentioned uh alfred fernandez of c2c will be popping onto the show and we are going to discuss a little bit more in depth of the volatility at quarterback and if if tonight was any indication there is no shortage of uh volatility at quarterback just Unbelievable. We're going to talk about quarterbacks that have come and gone through college, how they transferred over to the NFL, and um, really, really, uh, really get into that. I can't wait for that. It's going to be great. Other than that, if you have any final thoughts here, Andy, please share them because you know that I'm going to. I will just say the first season of our Debbie League is essentially just a regular dynasty league. So if you win this season, you know, it, you can't victory lap me too hard because you oh, are, in your own right, a great dynasty player. <laughs> well, hey, well, let, first off, I am not a great <laughs> dynasty player. So one hey. thing I want to hammer home on this show all the time is if you are taking your money advice from me and, and like you're like, nope, Tom's right. I'm trusting him. It is upon his word that I shall make the call. Fucking don't vet the information. Uh what I am is I like to think of myself as a grounded dynasty player. I am fully aware of what I believe. I'm fully aware of my surroundings and I completely understand my shortcomings in fantasy football. And what I am hoping, I am hoping that this Devi league, this Devi show is going to help people like me be able to expand my world of fantasy football and kind of, Help me dive deeper to maybe avoid some of these same problems. Maybe it's Devi that's gonna stop gonna stop me from punting the quarterback position forever. I think maybe Devi is gonna finally turn that around for me because in our league, drafting Derek Carr as my QB1 in like the seventh round, sixth round, maybe that's gonna work out for me. Maybe it's fucking not. I don't know, but I can't give it up. It's just how I operate. Look, other than that. You can find everything that we're doing over there on the Bird app. You can find us at Dynasty Tales. You can find all of our YouTube and podcast stuff over there at truenorthfantasyfootball.com slash Dynasty Tilt. And Saturday, you can find our debut of the Fantasy Walkabout. That's the triple play Fantasy Walkabout streaming exclusively live on triple play. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Tom Lee and I have a bunch of stuff to get through. Tons of value to talk about. Going to talk more about budgie smugglers. Can't wait. And as always, remember that clear eyes and full hearts can never lose. And your best days 
Goddamn, they're always spent tilted. Good night, everybody.